0: day to you and your beautiful families thanks for listening to wager this is dean ice with rager dutch and vosh train what's going on fellas ready to talk about some
1: football winding down from this another shitty day during another shitty covid week here
0: (laughs) (laughs) things could be better but things are looking up right now we've got ufc back we're gonna go through the nfc west for some futures betting some all kinds of divisional odds over under win totals. NASCAR is coming back. I don't do a lot of NASCAR watching and betting, but you bet your ass I'm going to do some more of that now. Sport and, sports, uh, yeah, 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 it's a sport. We've got golf coming back, guys. Some, some like, match play, right?
2: Thank God. Yeah, a little DJ Rory and uh, against Fowler and Wolf. Something it's to be an interesting little something. match.
1: Yeah. Not, not the ideal match, but definitely something interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, kind of odd they staggered DJ and Rory together, like two of the best three players on the planet. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Fowler and, and Wolf, who has a ton of talent, but he's like 19 and pretty new on the tour. He does have a win, but probably not the ideal matchup.
1: He also has that absolutely wild swing with that swing crazy <laughs> hitch and go. <laughs> it's so, so awesome. that That might be part of it.
2: Yes, agreed.
1: We'll take what we get. We'll take what we
0: can get right now. I mean, if they're going to give us uh, a four-way there, I'll watch anybody play golf. I'll watch you guys play golf and watch it. it. And maybe Please bet it. on it. Yeah. So we've got that coming up. NBA rumors about coming back. MLB rumors about coming back. and Good stuff all around. But probably the most distant, but the sport that we all love talking about the most, in terms of time, it's probably the most distant, but NFL – which is set to start still in September, mid-September, right, guys? But uh, without fans is looking like what it's going to be. Without fans, in-home stadium. So they are going to travel around, not have, like, a central location. In-home stadium, so all of our teams that we talk about will be, I guess, playing on their home turf, but without uh, spectators.
1: How do we feel about that? Interesting.
2: I think that – I mean, I think it will be really interesting as we get closer because you kind of look, you know, we were kind of talking about this offline, but, you know, state by state, you're seeing governors giving a lot of different guidance on what will and will not be permitted. And like, when we look, you know, kind of thinking about the NFC West, when you look at California, you know, where I am, the governor has has come out multiple times and said that he does not expect Uh, large gatherings at at any point in the near future and I do wonder whether he'll possibly even allow a you know game to take place with 53 players plus all of the staff on each sideline just given sort of the the rhetoric he he has been you know speaking about
0: that is a good point it's going to be interesting as we get closer to September or August, I guess they're planning on playing preseason games, August, September, let's just call it late summer, uh, to see, you know, if, if these states are even going to allow competition or if they're going to need to relocate to a different state, a different location in the country. Um, let's just assume that the season's going to go on as planned so we can talk about our lines,
2: I guess, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would suck. The season suck. has to happen. No, oh, the season, yeah. The season's happening. What are we gonna do if it doesn't though? I, it's happening.
0: There's no doubt in my I, mind. I don't know it how happens. it's happening, yeah. but it's happening.
2: It has now, to. Yeah, it, it has Ryan. to.
0: Now, if this was four to six weeks back and there was still a lot of uncertainty, and I'm not gonna get into the whole, you know, COVID thing um, at this point because we could go off for like forty-two minutes, but four to six weeks ago, <laughs> I think it, it would be like wide open. Like, I don't know if there's gonna be a season. Kind of like college football. Like I still don't know if there's gonna be a season because I don't know if students are gonna be on campus in you know all fifty states. But with the NFL, if there's any league that I can say a slam dunk is going to happen, it's one, I guess UFC, because they already started up. But the NFL, they're going to get it to us one way or
2: the other. I like the optimism. Got to be optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I would I would agree if for no other reason than like these guys don't have guaranteed contracts. So like you've seen baseball, right, with that whole issue because you know some players are just the whole you know issue of whether or not how they're going to pay them, whether they should take pay cuts and all that. Like these guys, I mean, the majority of NFL players are not making millions of dollars a year, right? The sort of end of the roster is all league minimum. Like those guys need to get paid. I feel like they will find a way to make sure that that they get it done. I'm
0: you with know? you. I agree. It's going to happen. It has to happen. And for the purpose of talking about all these lines, we're going to assume that it's going to happen on time. I also need it to happen on time. I think it's, what, September 10th or so. But um, without further ado, let's go NFC West. This is going to be the first of our, I don't know how many podcasts, but we're going to go down each and every division. Just just kind of have a baseline. It's a good check-in point. Just go through. I mean, some teams made some adjustments in the offseason. Some didn't do much at all. But just go through, take a look at their odds, talk through it. We'll probably do the same thing in a few months also because the NFL moves the needle for all of us, and we love watching it each and every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, sometimes even Saturday if you go late in the year. But for NFC West, I'm just going to uh, top line it real quick. Division futures to win it, I'm looking at parks, a local book. Most train uses Bookmaker. There's other things out there, but it's probably all about the same. Niners plus 115, the favorite to win the division. Seahawks plus 225. LA Rams plus 400, and they're awful new uniforms. And Arizona Cardinals plus <laughs> 700. Those are the odds right there. We'll take it team by team. Interestingly enough, that's how the standings finished last season Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. So. The first team that we're going to go through here, Niners at plus 115 to win that division. Over or under, I have at 10 and a half. those Train, is that what you have also?
2: I'm seeing 10 and a half with a little more juice to the under. Okay. And I think, um, you know, I, I live in the Bay Area, so, so I'm a Niners fan. But objectively speaking, the team traded away their best defensive lineman um, and then drafted Kinlaw. In, in the draft, uh, a rookie defensive tackle out of South Carolina. They then also, you know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders uh, in free agency, replaced him with Brandon Ayuk. I won't pretend oh, like I yeah? know how not pronounce his name out That's of Arizona right. State. They, <laughs> it's they, a miserable
0: they, name to pronounce. They, right? uh, yeah.
2: yeah. But, I mean, I think this is a team, right? So, last year, obviously, pretty driven by the defense and, and really the defensive line. And that was – a lot of that was DeForest. But, you know, Bo got a ton of – of press, especially later in the year, just due to the sacks, but Buckner was, Absolutely devastating on the inside, taking double teams all the time, allowing Bosa to kind of run free on the outside. And I think like Kinlaw is going to really have to step in. Javon Kinlaw is going to have to step in and be great right away or immediately that defense is taking a step back. I mean, I think the secondary was better in terms of performance. I think on the field, people thought the secondary was better than it actually was. I think, you know, quarterbacks generally just didn't have time against this team. Um, I mean, you kind of saw what happened. In the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, when Mahomes finally got a little bit of time, just how easy it was for the, for the Chiefs uh, receivers to just torch that secondary. I mean, that Sammy Watkins move on, Richard Sherman, even as a Niners fan, someone who just like had to watch Richard Sherman be an asshole on the Seahawks for so many years, it, oh, yeah. there was a little satisfaction there even though it didn't really work out for the Niners. Um, but, you know, I, I think this team is definitely taking a step back from last year. I think no chance at a 13-3. and 10.5 is a tough one. I mean, as you guys know, you know, generally speaking, these lines are generally set. Like, a 10.5 means you're a really strong team. It's hard to win 11 games. I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's only a couple teams north of 10.5, and it's the Ravens and the Chiefs, who were obviously both monsters last year. So...
0: Yeah, it's really um, hard to get over 10 and a half. Like the Patriots in their heyday, they, they'd post that at like 11 and a half, 12. I mean, they they yeah. might have even had a, a, a 12 and a half sometime. The Eagles, I want to say a couple years back, might have had a 10 even. Like sometimes you'll you'll see 10 even. And it's actually nice to bet on like if the juice is not too out of control because you're not going to lose if they land on 10, but they do need to win that um, 11th game. But yeah, Niners, ten and a half. It's interesting that you said that you had juice on the under, right? Because I have minus 110 both sides on DraftKings.
2: Yeah, I've yeah, seen minus 117 to the under. I would say, huh? generally speaking, bookmaker attracts probably a little bit more sharp money than DraftKings, just because I know DraftKings. <laughs> sure Kings, does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's sort of a, a recreational book, and you get a lot of first-time <laughs> bettors and whatnot. So... And so, I'm not surprised. Kind of see, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those great sort of promos that are running. I mean, from my standpoint, like, gun to my head, I'd go under. I think it's going to be pretty close. 10 11 wins seems about right for this team. I mean, Shanahan is just an offensive genius, and, you know, he basically just gets everyone open. Like, <laughs> what's so incredible about Uh, the fact that like Jimmy Garoppolo is still such an inaccurate quarterback is that he had the best windows to throw in, in all of football last year. I don't have any data to back that up, but just having watched the games, he had guys who were, you know, five yards in the clear, like 15 yards downfield. It was (laughs) incredible. The scheme that Shanahan was able to create and he would, Jimmy would consistently throw behind guys and like prevent any yards after the catch. I, it was, it was pretty remarkable just how inaccurate he was, and you kind of saw that a little bit in the Super Bowl, especially in that fourth quarter when he had Sanders break, three, break free and, and managed to overthrow him. So, yeah, for me, it's a super good defense still, even with the loss of Buckner. I think they'll take a step back for sure, though. Um, and then the offense, you know, we'll see. They, they lost their left tackle, who had been a staple of the team, but they did add – Trent Williams, who I mean, if we can assume he's the same Trent Williams was a, a bit of a coup for a third and a fifth, but at the same time, I mean, Trent Williams been out of football for a full year. So I, I think I, I mean, I don't know. I, I presume he's gonna come in and be okay, but that's a long time to be away to just be able to step back in and be a lead again. We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because I think that Jimmy G, I'm not sold on him at all yet. Like of the quarterbacks in this division. There's, I would rank, I don't even know if I would put Jimmy G second in the division, even. Like, I think I like, no, I know I like Russ Moore, Kyler Murray, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. And then Jared Goff, I mean, he yep. might be part of the system also, but
1: I might just system quarterback.
0: Probably put Goff over Jimmy G also. I mean, Jared Goff, I mean, I know that he didn't have a good year last year, but he did get to the Super Bowl. You can call it and say that it was Sean McVeigh, but I'm not sold on Jimmy G. I can't see them getting back to that 13-win total again. I definitely don't think that's going to happen. Ten and a half, it seems about fair. It, it seems about, you know, they're going to be a 10-to-11-win team. Seattle's going to be right there also. Seattle's going to be 10-and-6 probably again. Arizona's on the up-and-up, and the Rams, they're not going to go away. It's not like the Rams are going to go 5-and-11. They, they might go 8-and-8 eight eight to 9-and-7. Were the Rams 9-and-7 last year or 8-and-8? Eight eight? I'm trying to think. But they
2: did. They did get to nine and seven. They did get to nine and seven. Because yeah. they see, they did, despite seemingly having such a a garbage year i mean they had some games that were just disgusting to watch that game against the bears which i think they won where like goff basically wasn't allowed to throw the ball i don't know if you guys remember that like middle of the season
1: (laughs) just handcuff
2: yeah they they did manage to get to nine and seven but um and we'll get to them in a little bit i think they take a step back but i mean you're right about jimmy g like you, you know obviously if you look at just pure standalone metrics like yards per attempt he was perfectly fine he was better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league but you have to take into account the fact that he was throwing to just wide open windows all day had an incredible offensive line yeah great offensive line great running Mm -hmm. game I mean these are advantages that like a Jared Goff who I'm certainly not saying is an elite quarterback but Goff didn't get those I mean the Rams offensive line I think was 31st ranked in football last year by, by pro football focus and Um, You know, Gurley was garbage all year, you know, likely due to the offensive line. But, you know,
0: yeah, it's um, I agree with everything that you just said. Some more numbers for context, Uh, defense, opponent yards per play. They ranked number one in the NFL last year, 4.7 opponent yards per play. They're tied with New England and actually Pittsburgh. It's uh, it's funny to think about it, but, but Pittsburgh actually had a pretty damn good defense last year, 4.7 yards per play. San Fran to stay in that top spot, it's going to be difficult, especially in a uh, pretty damn difficult division. And they won that division, by the way, so they're going to have – a tougher schedule you win your division you play all the uh, previous year's winners of their divisions not going to be easy because they're going to play all the studs or you might not call green bay and philly studs because they won their divisions but let's just say that they will have a tough schedule we could go down through all the schedules we'll save that for the summer as as we're uh going through their uh season previews but i think it's going to be very tough for the niners to get back to super bowl still a great offensive mind a great coach just it's really hard to recreate that two years in a row when you have lost some pieces on the defensive end. So
2: yeah, I agree completely. So I mean, it's a pass for me on on division. That's way too short, plus one fifteen, given the strength of some of the teams in that schedule and just the the loss of Buckner and um, and then you know over under. I think you know it, probably a pass. We'll see if there's any sort of movement on juice, but you know nine to twelve wins kind of seems like the right range for for most out, outcomes for them.
0: I agree. It's a pass, and I'm sure as hell not going to bet on them to win the division. I think we uh, can put that to bed for now. I I did a poor job of narrating that, but I should have mentioned that that's your uh, hometown team.
2: It is, yes, yes. I live in the Bay Area, born in the Bay Area, so yeah, is my hometown team. I hope they have success this year, but I am a little skeptical. It's like us with the Eagles.
1: Yeah, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> we we know the skepticism for sure.
0: One other stat that I thought was interesting: team points per <clears throat> play margin. So. You you take the margin of that, the offenses versus the defense, what they're allowing. So San Fran was 0. 0.151. They were third, actually tied for second overall in the in the NFL only to Kansas City number one. Next team that we're going to talk about, right in the middle of the pack, they had a negative point zero zero one overall team points per play margin. The Seattle Seahawks, who managed to have an eleven and five record, and they were actually trending above that. They they were trending above that and almost won that damn division. And their margins, their yards per play, everything was basically saying that they should be an average team. But they have an above average quarterback in Russ Wilson, and he sure as hell will be back.
2: The Magic Man. Yes, he was. They are. They were probably the most fraudulent team of of last year. I mean, that. I mean, it was them or the Packers, right? Like that game in the divisional round was just such a sort of laughable game you know given that both teams in my opinion had very little chance of going to win in san francisco i mean seattle did play the niners tough a couple times last year but to your point the metrics didn't justify it of their 11 wins only one was by more than one score wow they won two games in overtime multiple games by yeah multiple games by by one two or three points Um, But yeah, they had one win that was by by more than a, a single score, which is pretty hard to do.
0: It's pretty crazy. I know that they beat the Niners in OT, that first matchup, right, Monday Night Football, and then they had a bunch of other close wins, like you just elaborated on there. Their over-under win total is nine. I think that's just about accurate. They they have Russ Wilson, who I think is good for like six, seven wins per year all by himself. It's probably not that high, but he's just electric. He was runner-up to the MVP race, right?
1: Russell Wilson literally is a live action, action figure. Like You, you just pose him how you want. And he just fucking goes like, he's, he's good for magic on his own. Every single game. Incredible to watch.
0: He really is awesome. And I mean, what's interesting and what was so frustrating and not interesting, I should stop using that word. What was fucking frustrating about the Seahawks is that their game plan, it seemed like was like first half, run the ball run the ball i don't know why like not use russ wilson enough and then they would open things up second half and let russ you know sling it scramble sling it let russ be russ and they would come back from like 21 to 3 margins 21 10 margins and be right there in that game it happened in the playoff game also i think uh, it's been a few months now of stay at home and i think my brains a little uh not as sharp as it used to be, but I think they were down 21-3 in that playoff game against the Packers, and they came roaring back. And it was, again, they just ran the ball, ran the ball, in the frozen tundra, in Green Bay. They they let Green Bay do what they wanted, and then at halftime they said, oh, you know what, we have a guy that probably could have been in the MVP this year. Let's let him do his thing now, second half. It was so frustrating.
1: I mean, I think what you're forgetting here is that Pete Carroll – first half of every game is still just warming that gum up. And by the second half, he's <laughs> chomping on that gum. And he's like, you know what, fuck it. We're going to pass. We're going to throw the ball. Air show time.
2: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great point, though. I mean, they, uh, it is insane they don't throw 70% of the time, given just how electric Wilson is and how much better he is than pretty much anyone on the field at all times. Um, and also on top of the fact that they had invested draft capital in, in DK Metcalf the previous year, you would have thought they would have, that was sort of moving towards a more air it out offense, you know, between Lockett and Metcalf and to your point, D-Nice, whenever they did, the offense was completely different. They, they would just get themselves in these massive margins because they would insist, insist on running for three or four yards with, with Carson and not letting Wilson wing it until, you know, third and long.
0: Yeah, it wasn't effective at all. I was just searching for their uh, yards per rush, and their yards per rush had to be awful. Seattle, they actually were middle of the road, so 4.5. I actually expected them to be worse, but – they, they would do these things, like, even up against, like, stout rushing defenses, and, like, they'd be averaging, like, 2.9 yards per rush through the first, like, call it 18, 25 minutes of the game. And I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You have Russ Wilson. This guy's fucking electric. And that's why their over over-unders at nine, because Pete Carroll's going to
2: continue to do this. hundred percent, yeah. So, I mean, so I have a, a nine-and-a-half at Bookmaker, but juiced oh. very very heavily to the under one minus one forty on the under. Yeah. Um okay. I mean all else equal like I would definitely err on the side of under rather than over. They made some weird draft picks that didn't make a lot of sense. They drafted um I think they drafted a uh, they sorry I'm losing linebacker. Yeah. They went, yeah, linebacker, they went- then they went receiver, even though that didn't seem to be an area of weakness for them. They didn't address nope. Um the offensive line at all, right, if I'm not mistaken, or who they, sorry, they went D-end with round two, and they, uh, yeah, they didn't touch offensive line. It didn't make a lot of sense, or they did, I guess, in round three, but.
1: Yeah, they, t- they took a guard, but that, that's a position where someone's going to have to really work into it. I mean, you don't just come yeah. out of college and start as a guard. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And then two wide receivers, sixth and seventh round. I don't know, man. I mean, I I think that they were, they played so far over their heads last year. And that was with Jadavion Clowney, who we actually haven't talked about yet. But it seems like that relationship is, is not getting mended. They're not going to offer him a deal. I don't know where he ends up, but it, it seems very likely he won't be in Seattle. And that's just further weekends, uh, a defense that was you know pretty pretty schizophrenic at times last year i mean they gave up a lot of points in some games
0: they did like do you remember that uh, monday night football game against kirk cousins and the vikings what was that like 37 34 like they they're yep. just giving up boatloads. they don't have the home field advantage that they had call it three to five eight years ago um, and they're not going to have fans in the stadium now either you would think and so that home field advantage is going to be long gone but yeah clowny for us Philly fans we know him all too well helmet to helmet against Carson Wentz knocked him out of the game he was looking for a ton of money right like 19 million yep. uh, 17 million i think he he lowered his request to and uh he still hasn't gotten signed good good player more than a good player i was about <laughs> to call him great and then i went down to good He's, he's a really good player. He's just kind of an asshole and he's demanding all this money and people and teams are like, well, you know what? We, we don't really want to give you all that money. We kind of want to allocate it towards other resources. Not that he's not worth it. He's probably worth somewhere around there, possibly a little bit South of that, but he's not coming back to Seattle. As you said, Bo what's a few
1: Doesn't million at that it. point though, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. If you want the guy, <laughs> he is an animal. I mean, he is an animal.
1: He's also good when you have a strong opposite to him too, right? And you have like him on one end, and obviously like J.J. Watt back in the day. But he's strong when you have another another presence opposite of him.
0: Yeah, and he's what year five in the league, year five or six, I want to say at this point, because he because uh, that was when he he what he held out, he sat out his last year of college, and he went to the draft number one overall and um i guess he uh he got traded from the texans correct yeah. and the texans love trading st- stud athletes they love <laughs> well, <that's>, trading <laughs> star <laughs> players dude. that's bill o'brien's ammo <laughs> he's like
1: you know you're really good you should go Yeah, can't get to the AFC South
0: podcast because we'll we'll just rip them a new one as usual. (laughs) I can't wait. wait. (laughs) Seattle over under nine. And what did I say that their uh, division winner line was? I think it was plus plus, 225. Plus 225. Vostrain, correct me. I'm I'm just scrolling all around. Yep, plus 225. Not bad value. I'm also going to lay off that one. I think that uh, we know where the value is, and we'll get to that eventually. But do you guys have an opinion on that over under nine and a half? I mean, it, it sounds about right. If I had to bet anything, like if Gundam were my head, I'd say, all right, they have Russ Wilson. They, they usually get things done. I don't even know what that means, quote, unquote. It sounds like something <laughs> Pete Carroll would say,
2: yeah, not did.
0: using analytics. They will mm-hmm. somehow go 10 and six, contend. Gundam ahead, I go over because you yeah. can get that push at nine.
2: I'm with you. Yeah. I would I would err I would just err on the side of under, recognizing that Russell Wilson would rip my heart out and just find a way to win like three or four games that the team has no business winning because oh, yeah. that's sort of who he is.
0: Yep, that that's just kind of how it goes. All right. Um I think we can put the Seahawks to bed for now LA Rams keep in mind the LA Rams coming off a Super Bowl appearance where they scored three points just (laughs) was that 17 18 months ago now yep they they were speeding towards what we thought might be 16 and 0 at one time in that season now they're they're not even the favorite to win that division they're not even the second favorite they're third at plus 400 coming off their nine and seven season I don't know man Todd Gurley's gone they overpaid him Paid him too much, and then they cut his ass. I mean, that's that's hilarious. That's <laughs> incredible.
1: They they sat him before they, they cut him, which was even more embarrassing.
0: I know. Win total over under eight. I have it juiced both sides. Not sure what you guys are seeing out there also at the sharper books. But uh, it sounds like Vegas thinks that they're going to be uh, a mediocre team, which is crazy for a team that was ripping off wins and looked like that they were going to contend for – at, at seriously at one point i thought that 15 and 1 16 and 0 was within reach a year and a half ago and i'm not lying
2: you got to remember though that that was that was rookie contract golf, right? So they were allocating a ton of cap space to really talented players at other positions. And now you know the chicken came home to roost. They you know they're paying golf like an elite quarterback. Have had to let He's go not- of some of their not at all. <laughs> so they've had to let go of some of their other talent at other positions, right? Remember they had like or when they brought in and uh, Dominicans do for just a year oh yeah like just yeah why not like that animal. make our defensive line even better like yep. they can't do that anymore and for me I mean this is a team that just feels like a pretty good under candidate I mean it seems crazy I'm with you they were so elite two years ago I, I thought they were favored I believe right in the Super Bowl with the Pats weren't they like three and a half point favorites
0: I think it started out as them being favored and we we might have to check the tapes but i think the patriots ended up being favored like i thought it was okay. like a 1 2 point favorite for the rams and then it flipped but it was basically called a pick and that it like uh merged from one team to the other but they were right there like they they were yeah. an awesome team they could move the ball at will and like you said a lot of guys in a Apparently, most important guy that they paid in the offseason, Jared Goff, he was on that rookie deal, and then they paid him. And you can't, you can't spend in free agency. You can't spend as much dollars when you're paying that quarterback that much money, and he shouldn't have gotten that much money.
2: No, not at all. Agreed. And they, they um, you know, through the draft, it was a tough one for them because they, they did trade for Jalen Ramsey last year, which, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's a stud. But, I mean, the outcome of that was they didn't have a pick until, you know, 52 overall it yep. took Cam Akers from Florida State running back so it's like I mean I don't know how you guys feel about running backs in general but I think you know pretty much if you have a good offensive line your running back tends to be pretty effective and if you have a bad offensive line like the Rams had it was one of the worst in football like it doesn't really matter who you put back there unless it's Barry Sanders, so you're going to struggle
1: yeah you're not going anywhere without the holes
0: the days of drafting a running back, unless it's a Saquon Barkley in the top 10, I think are are long gone. So like, if you have a stud, you'll, you'll consider it. But the, those days, like we saw the first running back taken was at 32 this year, right? Chiefs. And I think that's yeah. what we see. You have to build up that offensive line. Yeah. I find it really interesting that it took so long for this to happen and maybe, you know, maybe the numbers and the analytics and the teams besides Pete Carroll (laughs) team started to like, take a look (laughs) at it. Pete Carroll, probably not at all. But um, I, I was always shocked by how high running backs went. Like if you have a stud, sure, take them top 10. But even after that, I was like, yo, just wait on them. Build up the offensive line because look at what teams are doing. Look what the Niners did, you know, like great offensive line. You punch those holes in the defense. Anybody can run through those. So I yeah. agree with you.
2: Yeah, Raheem Mostert was an absolute Raheem Mostert was an absolute beast on the Niners last year in the latter half of the year. Um, and that guy had been bouncing around the league forever. So, yeah, to your point, if you build a strong offensive line, you can just get cheap running backs in the fourth, fifth round who can, who can have decent vision and rack up, you know, five yards of carry.
0: Agreed. And Mostert, he won me some player props because he was just running like wildfire, like with all those holes open. Uh, was that NFC Championship game where he ran for almost 200? Or he might have ran for more than 200? I mean, that, that was he,
2: awesome. Yes. Against the Packers. Against yes. the Packers, yeah. yeah.
0: And – it's funny yeah. to call that the NFC They're, Championship uh, game because the Packers were not a team worthy of playing in the NFC Championship game. But uh yeah. <laughs> Packers were there. We it's deserved the Niners
2: Saints. Yep. Yeah, we really we really deserved that that Niners Saints NFC Championship. They had played such an awesome game during the regular season. Super high scoring. Um, but sadly, you know, the Saints got Kirk Cousins in the playoffs and somehow <laughs> Somehow couldn't find a way to win at home.
0: That's what the Saints do, guys. Is that the Saints just don't get it done in the playoffs? Except for that one year where they did win the Super Bowl. But we're working on what? What was that? More than a decade ago now? Or it was probably more than a decade. Oh eight, oh nine. It's Saints, so long ago. Yeah. Saints sort of these twelve, thirteen, fourteen win seasons, and then nothing, nothing happens. In the not, gets... <laughs> not to
1: throw off the flow here, but Kirk Cousins' name was brought up twice, and I, I, I'm just obliged to say it. I hate Kirk Cousins, and I will never stop saying that. <laughs> Continue, please.
0: He's like the most uncool quarterback. I, he in the just fucked the NFL.
1: It's not even him as a person. It, he every time I either gamble on him or against him, I'm fucked. So. I hate Kirk Cousins for the rest of life. And every time I hear his name, I will mention that I hate him. So there you go.
0: He's just, he's probably a really nice guy, but he's just, I don't know, man. He's just really uncool. Big old door. (laughs) (laughs) I could say a couple other words that I've probably said off, you know, line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just not going to say it. He's just not very cool. Like he's, he's not someone that like motivates you as a role
2: model. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. Not at all. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah we'll cut <laughs> it at that. That's good. <laughs> anyway, though, back to the Rams briefly. Like, terrible offensive line added zero players through a free agency, zero players through the draft that are going to make any meaningful impact. So, I mean, completely nonsensical decision-making in the offseason, coupled with the fact that they've lost some key players um I don't know they feel like a a pretty strong candidate to underperform expectations
0: seems like a team that should regress I had their line to make the playoffs up let me pull that up again yes at plus 150 no at minus 182 I'm probably not going to bet that I would bet the under win total of eight I think it's a team that regresses we know that Jared Goff isn't good I don't care if he's playing on the road in stadiums without fans he's still going to suck (laughs) <laughs> and like like you said their their defensive line their offensive line like it's just gotten worse they they've paid their quarterback and they can't pay other guys they did cut Todd Gurley i don't even know how much dead cap space that they had to eat in that one it, it probably wasn't pretty but uh they they're not a team that their coach is is good and their coach i think is still top 10 top 8 in the league but in terms of how they're managing their roster that's not top eight or top ten. So I would lean under here, and I'm going to jot this one down. For all the teams we've talked about so far, I do like this under.
2: Yeah, but I'm gonna write with that you. One down I like, I like so, the under.
0: Jot that one down, and then we'll jot this one down. I know that Vostran's going to like it. Arizona Cardinals to make the playoffs. Plus 275. Yes. yes. Plus 275. No, minus 350. <laughs> He says all, all of, of the
2: Cardinals. All of the, Cardinals all of the Cardinals bets over 7 to win the Super Bowl plus 5500 Oh man <laughs> give me Not Super Bowl give, give me their plus 800 835 to win the division I love the Cardinals this year. And, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit, D-Nice, on a, on a different podcast. But, I mean, first and foremost, right, you look at Kyler Murray and you kind of look at more recent history that step up year one to year two of highly drafted quarterbacks and the performance is a market increase year over year, right? You got Wentz, Goff, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, just recent examples of of quarterbacks taken high up in the first round that just significantly improved in year two. So, just work Working off of a baseline, right? You the expectation would be Kyler Murray, you know, not saying he becomes Lamar Jackson next year. That was that was an incredible step up in performance. Never know.
1: You never know. I think, but yeah.
2: Yeah. But I mean, he, you know, I was just looking at, you know, QBR, which is an imperfect metric, but you know, at least gives us a baseline in like the it average tells a story. Improvement, yep. Yep. Yeah. And the average improvement was like a step up of like ten points, which is the equivalent of like a, a win a season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I think Kyler can get them just a win, just with basic improvement in performance, and that's just before you account for the fact that they added one of the best three receivers in football. I mean, I don't know where you want to put Hopkins, but he is an he's absolute up there. Stud.
0: He's up there. They they stole him from our yeah. boy Bill O'Brien in Houston. <laughs> they
1: Another stole him from Bill. <laughs>
2: Bill's Absolutely. giving out gifts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Belly boy. Absolute there's bet. one of them.
2: And then I liked him before the draft, and then I could not believe what they did. I mean, first of all, I really thought they were going to go tackle at eight just based on all of the mocks I had seen. But getting Isaiah Simmons, like I love players like that. Yes. You know, Kind of, yes. he had the... The same sort of rhetoric around like Derwin James, who is just a stud for the Chargers of like, well, NFL teams aren't sure exactly how to use them. I'm like, Okay, so he's just like so versatile, he doesn't fit into your very like perfect box of what a an outside linebacker means. Figure like, out how to defense.
0: use them. Figure out how to
2: use the guy. You can use him. Right. (laughs) Right. He's an absolute. That's what you're paid
0: millions to do. Go fucking figure (laughs) it out.
2: (laughs) Exactly. He played all over the field at Clemson. Absolute stud. I love they went defense. That's clearly the weakest part of this team because that offense, I think, is going to roll. But then the fact that Josh Jones out of Houston, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm a draft guru, but I was seeing buzz around him at like late first, early second, and they got him at pick 72 the fact they were able to add a, a legitimate left tackle, a monstrous left tackle, but, but still get, you know, great defensive addition. Awesome. Awesome outcome. So, I mean, I think that this team, you know, and they also added, you know, Devin Kennard outside linebacker in the off season and Jordan Phil to defensive tackle. Their really only loss was David Johnson who to be quite honest sucked. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Like the, the peak of David Johnson was in 2016, 2017. And that's, that's it. And that's it all a
2: short flare. Yep. Yes. Yes. Back to the point of never touching running backs with high draft capital. Don't do right? It. Like, it. Right. <laughs> and don't trade
0: for them. Don't don't trade for them unless there's, there's value in the trade and there was not value in that trade and that no. Hopkins trade.
2: No, a hundred percent. And then, you know, not that seventh round picks are always exciting, but I will say, I watched a lot of, you know, Benjamin out of Arizona state last yeah, year yeah, and he's not, definitely not an every down running back but that dude is so good in open field and if you know you kind of believe in in sort of you know what this coaching staff can do with offenses like i think they can utilize him pretty well as sort of a, a darren sproles type
0: i love that analogy yeah that name makes Sprouls me excited guy. yeah 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 uh, a couple of things that i want to add here what to pick first what you said, Vostrain is very true. And I think that the way that they don't get to that seven, and I love that it's seven and not seven and a half, if you get on that seven, and I've mentioned a few times, you're fine, you get your money back. I don't see this being a six and ten team. If they are a six and ten team, uh, Arizona, what they need to improve, and I think they will. Opponent yards per game, Arizona dead last in the NFL, 402. (laughs) 402 yards per game. They were worse than Detroit. (laughs) Bullish, yeah, bullish. Uh, Detroit, Miami were, were right there, but Arizona topped them all. In their last three games of the season, they were only at 347, so they made some improvements late season. I'm not going to pretend to to know who they played late season. Um, something that I think is really interesting. Cardinals start their season with the Niners. And I said that we won't get into schedules too much, but because – We like the Cardinals so much here in terms of value. Like, I don't actually think the Cardinals are going to win that division. I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but the value is certainly there. They start their season with the Niners. They're they're going to be fired up for that game. It's in San Fran. I don't know what kind of home field advantage that will be. We already talked about maybe in California you can't even have teams play in their home stadiums. Maybe San Francisco is playing in Hawaii. Who knows? I mean – Not that they're actually going to play in Hawaii, but you get the point. But uh, (laughs) no, I mean, they might be, be but to to that
2: point, though, they may be playing at a neutral site. Like, I don't think that's out of the question. I think it is a consideration.
0: Yeah. And in the first game of the year, I mean, all goes out the window. Home foot advantage, I know that we talked about it a lot last season. First six to eight weeks, I don't even think it was really there. Week one without fans goes out the window. And Arizona is going to be fired up. To go into a team that held a fourth quarter lead in the Super Bowl and take out San Fran, and then from there they have the Redskins, the Lions, the Panthers, the Jets. You tell me that they can't start out four and one
2: in that it, schedule,
0: three and two at the very least. And if you get to three, four wins, you're just about halfway to that win total, and you're only at week five at that point. I love it. I love
2: it. And and their schedule is not particularly tough. I mean, they obviously have the, the intra division games, and you know. I think we're down on the Rams. Seahawks are a question mark. Niners should regress a little bit. So I think overall, you could say it'll probably be a little bit easier than last year not significantly but yeah i mean like playing the panthers i i wouldn't be surprised if they're road favorites there they're at the jets i wouldn't be surprised if they were road favorites there i mean they play the dolphins at home um and then they have the nfc east right where like cowboys and eagles are really tough but skins and giants might both be trash again so I, i think i think you know i really do think at worst this is a seven and nine eight and eight team I think they should be able to get there and so you're really looking at much more upside and you know I do want to be clear I don't expect the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl but when you're getting 55 to one you know you're not saying that they have to win it every season for it to be valuable and, and obviously um, I just think the upside of this team is enormous I, I really do I think you know between that offense should be able to score. I think we all kind of agree that that and the defense is a massive question mark, but you know, they added a piece, they added two defensive tackles. um, They added another linebacker, like sort of a middle linebacker type in the sixth round. I don't know if he makes the team or not. You never know with six rounders, but they did really, you know, kind of try to address the defense, especially with that Isaiah Simmons pick. And, you know, all you need is to be, you know, with, we saw that with the Chiefs. If you can just be a sort of middle of the pack, sort of slightly above average defense, if you have an elite offense, you can, you can go places.
0: Yeah, as long as you can move the ball in this NFL – without fans no home field sling the ball around who knows some of these games might be played depending on the COVID situation that might be played on neutral sites in dome so they don't have to worry about rainouts. you just bring the teams out to their home stadium in Arizona or you bring teams out to a dome in Indy and they just sling the ball around put up 38 41 points I like it the defense will be a concern but I think it'll offset enough that they should be able to get to that seven win total eight win total would be great it would cash for us I don't think they get to 10 or 11 but We've seen wild things in the past. We've seen, like you said, quarterbacks that make that second-year jump. Uh, head coaches that were in their first year, they, they make that, that second-year leap. And uh, this is a prime candidate here. And, yeah, we don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but the value is there, and that's what we're chasing here is value. So of all the lines we went through here, I do like Arizona over that seven. I've got Rams under the nine written down. And then division yep. winner, what did I say, plus seven,
2: 700, 750? Yep. Yeah, I got it. I got 835 at bookmaker
0: 835 835 so yeah shop around as always but that's something that I'll consider also you can't convince me to take the Seahawks or the Niners or the Rams really so if you're not going to bet on any of them might as well bet the Cardinals.
2: you know we see divisions one with 10 wins all the time especially divisions where teams are relatively evenly matched I think you know do I think the Cardinals win 10 games next year? No, I think it's less than a 50% probability, but I think there are many scenarios where they could and that, you know, for a team two that's relatively, you know, sort of young and emerging with sort of that you know young quarterback that soft schedule to start certainly is not a negative build a little bit of momentum
0: we have seen it so many times so that's my uh, dog going nuts in the background because she likes arizona cardinals bed and, What's my up? Uh, <laughs> and then my wife just opened the garage door so that's kind of what she does uh, dutch you said something about a prop that you like or a prop that you had
1: with our conversation here over under eight and a half touchdowns for
2: deandre hopkins this year what do we think about that one Ooh. Ooh, what did he do last year? I remember he had some stretches where like, he seemingly could not find the end zone, although I might be mistaken. Yeah, he had seven last year, which is just insane he had so few, given he caught 104 balls. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, touchdowns are tough. Sometimes you'll get guys that you know catch 44 balls in a season, and they somehow matted six or seven touchdowns. Because uh, they're red zone targets. You guys remember when Plaxico Burris, like late in his career, was yes. on the Jets? Like, I think he yes. had like 10 touchdowns on the Jets. And he wasn't what I'd call, you know, a game breaker or, or a good player. Like, I guess he's good enough to catch that many touchdowns. But he's not, you know, someone that is leading your team. But touchdowns are tough. DeAndre Hopkins is a stud. You know that the Cardinals are gonna use him. You know that Cliff is gonna yeah. like he's he's just getting he's just getting aroused over his new toy here.
1: Yeah, he's sitting in that <laughs> sweet ass war room of a house that he has, oh it's just like his awesome. house. Thinking about how awesome. he can Westworld the league this year.
0: <laughs> God, he probably pulls in so much guys, tail.
2: Yes. <laughs> do you guys know how old Hopkins is? I'm blown away. He's only twenty seven. What? I was gonna
0: say 28. I thought
2: wow. he had I thought he was late 20s. Like I honestly thought he'd been in the league even longer. That guy is just a s I can't believe Bill O'Brien. Wow, him. what an idiot. Dumb. So dumb.
1: Why the hell would you do that?
0: I don't get Bill. it.
2: Yeah. It's a Bill That's thing true. to do. That I don't get true. it.
0: That that is so bad.
2: I he probably so got bad. confused. Like, on <laughs> on Twitter, people like the Texas fan Texans fans were like saying, Oh, he was a ghost in the playoffs. And I was like, was he really? I don't remember that. And I went and looked and he caught like 15 passes over two games like eclipsed 100 yards in both games it was like oh yeah he was actually awesome per usual because he's yeah, Hopkins.
0: he was great going back in time here 2017 hopkins 13 touchdowns 2018 11 touchdowns last year 104 catches seven touchdowns um the guy's a stud the guy's definitely a stud 2016 wait this is crazy in 2016 he only had Four touchdowns, 78 catches. I don't know if he was hurt a little bit, but he only had four in 2016. He had to hurt. Yeah, I'm going to blame it on Bill O'Brien also, though. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah 100%. Clearly. It was thrown to him? Didn't, didn't they have some – didn't they have, like, Hoyer? Or not Ooh, Hoyer, but someone been, like that throwing back then, too, right?
0: Might have been Hoyer. Uh, who was their quarterback? 2016 no. Texans.
1: Was it Hasselbeck? Or it was, like, one of those journeymen
2: that was, like – That's what Google that is
0: great in. for. That That's what Google is awesome for. Agreed.
2: <laughs> Man, eight and a half. I'm, like, tempted to say over. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Like, I mean, Christian Kirk is kind of gone. We haven't talked about him, but, like, should definitely make another step next year. And then, you know, I can't believe, like, their receiving core is so good. So good. Like, Hopkins, Kirk, and Fitzgerald, who is – 38 going on 26. Yeah, seriously. It's just like they're, they, just have, they have everything covered. And then, you know, you throw in the fact that like Kenyon Drake, we haven't talked about him either, but like he was outstanding when he came over to that team last year. Like perfect fit for that offense.
0: They have so many weapons, guys. I think it was Brock Osweiler in 2016.
2: That's I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Big old BO. That BO. also would explain the touchdown issue. Wow. Yeah,
0: so that's going to be going on. Four years now?
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, nine touchdowns is a lot for a receiver, (laughs) I will say. Like, it's not like, you know, that's a lot of touchdowns. But, like, that team, like, especially with Cliff, like, running that offense, like, I would not be surprised if they were just slinging it all over and, you know, doing, like, a 60-40 split between Kyler and then letting Drake just mash people. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be so
0: fun to watch. This is hilarious. This this one paragraph. I'm just on Wikipedia here cuz everything there is factual, right? Um so <laughs> Texans it says talking about their 2016 season and this is the the season where they played the Raiders in that stink bomb of a wild card game and the Raiders lost Derek Carr. But the sentence starts out after losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 30 to nothing in the wild card round the previous <laughs> <Yikes>. season. <laughs> <laughs> in 2015, why do I forget this? They lost 30 nothing in the wild card round?
2: <laughs> well, until last year, as I'm sure you'll recall, they consistently would be the three seed in the playoffs, host that early morning Saturday or that early afternoon Saturday wild card game and just shit the bed every, be absolutely
0: year. Awful. every year every year it's the time slot yeah. reserved for the Bengals or the texans sometimes the jets yep. if they get in and they shit their drawers 30 to nothing <laughs> great well, chilling, guys well <laughs> on that note we'll get into the afc south and future podcasts i think that we're gonna put a bow on the nfc west here um i would recite all the bets but uh, i don't really feel like it right now so just go and, (laughs) and rewind the the podcast and go through but basically we're bullish on the arizona cardinals bearish if you will on the rams and then seahawks niners we think they'll still be good but uh their win totals are just about right i think that sums it up i think it does i think you nailed it perfect We'll talk more divisions. We have seven more to go in the coming weeks. But the good news is that there's not many sports going on. There are some coming back, but not many sports. And we have time to talk about the NFL. We have plenty of time to talk about it, guys. So we we'll get to it. I think the next one that we'll do is the NFC South. And we'll get to uh, Tom Brady and all that good stuff. We'll save that for another time. The, the upstart Bucks, who I think are favored in that division. So mm-hmm. next podcast, we'll cover them. Gronk, Brady, the Bucks going to be electric but uh for now we'll just hope that the uh cardinals and cliff and all those good fellows can give us some electricity in the nfc's not south i almost said south i did say southwest and get that uh, <laughs> 700 plus 750 bet home for us to win that division i like it all right good stuff guys voice training dutch appreciate it as always we'll talk to you soon